Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Running Late. Today, we are joined with Vena. She's a real estate agent based out of Seattle who found success within real estate from a young age at 18. She sold over $6 million worth of real estate in her short time in in the industry. She uses her platform on TikTok and Instagram to teach the younger generation about real estate investing, preparing financially for home ownership, and how to get started in the field at a young age. So let's hand it over to her. Vena, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you're currently working on? Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, my name is Vena. I'm based out of Seattle. And I became a real estate agent 18 years old because I wanted to skip college. I didn't want to pay crazy tuition rates. Um, I wasn't having it paid for either. So I would have had to go into major debt to do something, get a major that I wouldn't even use probably. And I had no plans of using, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I just decided to skip, you know, I went, I actually went all the way through to college orientation. And then I decided that this was not it. And so I dropped out and um, I was already working on getting my real estate license. So I got licensed shortly after dropping out of college. And from there, it took me a while, honestly, to learn the industry and start selling houses. Basically, it's pretty hard when you're only 18. But it's not hard. Honestly, I got it figured out. I spent a lot of time learning. I just went through the process, honestly. And from there, I sold my first house in like March 2019. Or sorry, wow. March 2020, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. It a long time. So last year. Nice. Yes. That was when I turned 19. So it was a while. So if, if you don't mind me asking, what piqued your interest in real estate in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. because... You said, uh, you know, you went through college orientation and so you were considering college um, and then you shifted last minute. So what piqued your interest? Well, I actually grew up around real estate. Um, My dad has been in real estate for 25 years. So I was pretty familiar with what the whole deal was. And I honestly didn't really find interest in it until like high school because I saw how much he was working and I just didn't know what it was really. It seemed really complicated, lots of contracts, negotiating, all that stuff. But then I was like, wait, my dad gets to pick his schedule. He doesn't have a capped income. You don't need college to do real estate. And, you know, you get to talk to people all day. Yeah. That actually scared me at first um, that you need to talk to people all day. But I quickly got used to it. You know, I learned how to talk to people and how to speak. And that really boosted my confidence as a salesperson. You know, I don't know everything yet, but um, I'm able to help my clients as best as I can. And so, you know, for that, I'm getting paid a good chunk of money. So that's what piqued my interest. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that you're naturally an introvert or extrovert? And how did that fit into your sales role? I'm an introvert and I used to have a lot of social anxiety, but I guess what kind of got me out of that was learning how to talk to people. So, you know, I read Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I read Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. Really good books about learning about how people work. I always really liked... I mean, something I noticed about myself is that when I was in high school, I really liked watching other people and watching how other people react to certain mm. situations was really interesting to me because, you know, when you when something happens to you, you have a couple different ways that you can respond, you know, you can be mad about something, yeah. be okay with something, you know, I always, I really brought on this philosophy that um, all your emotions are up to you. Like, it's not about 
no matter what happens to you, the way you react is all your fault, basically. It's all up to you how you yeah. react to any given situation. And so nothing can really inherently make you mad. Nothing can make you sad. Nothing can make you happy. It's something happens and then you choose whether to be mad, sad, happy, etc. So that kind of helped yeah. me a lot. I was scared to talk to people because I didn't know what to say. But it was pretty mm. easy because in real estate, we have sales scripts. You know, it's all written out what you're supposed yeah. to say. And all you have to do is memorize it. So... You know, I wrote those down every day. I rehearsed them. I recorded myself doing them. And with that, I learned how to talk to people, basically. And so that helped me kind of get out of my shell. But, you know, being an introvert just means that you need more time for yourself in between talking to people. It doesn't mean you can't talk to people. And that shouldn't stop you. You don't have to be an extrovert to be a great salesperson. Yeah, that's that's really true. And would you say that for a sales role, like... uh, there are some people who are more naturally inclined for sales roles, or do you think it can be a learned skill? I know personally, um, for me, sales is something that's always kind of scared me. And I've kind of completely written off for myself, but really like, I feel like similar to what you just explained, you know, you worked on it, you practiced, um, it really could be something that you learn over time. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? That's a good question. I think for some people, sales definitely comes easier. You know, people who like to talk, people who are very social, but you know, everything is selling, you know, talking to your spouse is selling, talking to your kids is selling. Wow. Yeah. And so it's definitely something that can be learned for sure. You know, there's, there isn't really anyone who can't learn anything. I think whatever you want to do, if you put your mind to it, you'll be really good at it, you know, if you put in the work. But there are definitely people who are more inclined to the sales profession, and I wasn't. So it took me a long time to get used to that and kind of learn how to sell. There's a there, there's a really big mindset around sell that's required around selling. So you have to mm-hmm. go into like a sales pitch. You know, you need to totally believe in your product. You have to find out what the client's need is and how your product is going to fit their need. Because if it doesn't, then it just doesn't. And you can't change that, right? Yeah. But, you know, if you know that your client needs your product, then it's just about presenting in a way that shows its benefits to them. And that's true. Communicate in a way that they understand basically. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I never thought of it like, you know, selling to your spouse or selling to your family or kids, but that's true. Like that you were always kind of like pitching something. So mm-hmm. um, how long did it take you to get licensed? Because I know in Washington, it might be different from other states. It's it's different for, it's pretty, I mean, it's similar, but it's different. So each state has different licensing requirements. Washington is 90 hours. It's just an online course. So to do a 90 hour course, it took me like three months, honestly, just to get through it because it's really boring. It's hard to stay motivated. You know, you just need the license to sell real estate and it's really hard to keep going when it's so freaking boring. It's just, you know, you're just studying law basically. Yeah. Yeah. It took me like three months. I finished the course and I studied for like two weeks and then went and took the test. Pretty simple. Honestly, it depends on the person. Some people have to take it four times before they pass and people get it first shot. I was fresh out of high school, so I was really good at studying. So it was pretty easy. Oh, nice. So fun fact, I'm actually from Spokane. Oh, are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so it's what, like six, seven hours away from Seattle? Mm -hmm, Something like that. Yeah. So small little town, but... Um, I know when I found your page, I was like, oh, she's from Washington. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. What brought you to Dallas? So my family relocated here a couple of years ago, but I mostly grew up like that's where my childhood was in Spokane. I love Washington. I would totally love to live there again. So I know I know who to reach out to if I'm looking for a house in (laughs) in Seattle. (laughs) Yes. So how would you explain to someone who's like completely new to real estate? 
like what to do when you're trying to get clients and how to get clients in the first place? That is a loaded question. What to explain <laughs> to someone who's new to real estate, how to get clients. There, you know, there's a hundred ways to get clients in real estate. And it's really the hardest part is finding the people. And so it's a lot of sweat equity or check equity if you have the money, but it kind of depends, you know? So if for people who are older, who have been through a few careers already, and then they get into real estate, real estate is actually an average of the 10th career for people. So people don't really go into real estate first. It's something they go into later. But, you know, for people like that, who have a lot of adult friends who are in, you know, who are at the home buying age or investing age, they will just go through their contacts and call every person they know. Just be like, hey, I'm in real estate now. Just want to let you know. Um, if you have any questions, just let me know, right? It's, you know, p- talking to the people who already know, like, and trust you is number one. But for me, being 18 years old, I didn't really have any friends who were of the home buying age. So I had to go to other sources. I had to talk to people I don't know. So cold calling was really big for me. Running Facebook ads is really has been really big for me. And those are my two primary sources, honestly. Talking to people, doing open houses, all that stuff. But, you yeah. know, the best way is to start with people you know. Social media is taking over a lot. It's definitely effective, but it is also the long game. So you kind of have to build up your profiles and um, call it your image on social media to, you know, to leverage it for clients. And that's something that you've been doing for how long? How long have you been working on social media? I started posting on, I started uh, building my Instagram, Facebook profiles. I think right when I got licensed, honestly, because, you know, I was already pretty good at it. I was like a foodie account before I kind of converted to real estate. So I had some local followers already, but um, a lot of my followers, if not most of them are from high school, you know, my high Mm -hmm. school friends. So I geared a lot of my content towards how to prepare to buy a house in the future. And, you know, that got a lot of traction from the younger audience. So yeah, um, yeah, that's what I did. Nice. You know, I wanted, they were already there. So I wanted to make sure that it was still entertaining for them. Yeah. Like utilizing all your contacts. So how long was it before you jumped into real estate full time? Because I know you said that um, you didn't sell your first house until what, a year into it. And so were you part-time for a little bit or did you jump straight into full-time? Or if you were part-time, did you have another side gig or job? I jumped straight full-time. I actually was... Wow. I actually was shadowing a lot of the other agents for a few months. Well, I got licensed October, 2019. Okay. And so I sold my first house in March, 2020. So there wasn't that big of a gap. It was big enough that it was like six months, Mm -hmm. but I was just doing a lot of job shadowing. You know, I wanted to know my stuff before I went and tried to sell it to other people. Right. You know, like I said, you have to know your product. So I was scared to talk to people about stuff I didn't know. So I was just spending a lot of time learning. Mm. And in real estate, the best way to learn is by doing it. So I went on all the other agents' appointments and I helped them show houses and I did their open houses. And I went to inspections to learn about house structure. I read books. I watched a lot of uh, real estate coaching YouTube videos. Tom Ferry's really mm, awesome. Yeah. Mike Ferry too. So it took me, you know, the average realtor takes six months to sell a house. And so once I was hitting like the February, March, I was like, okay, I have two months left before I'm average. So <laughs> that's I hit funny. It in March, but um, yeah, that's funny. So, what is your advice for people who um, like want to do it part time? You know, you jumped into it right out of high school, but there's a lot of people who, like you said, consider real estate at a later age, and so they might have another job on the side, or they might trans be trying to transition to real estate. So, do you think people should 
tried to do part-time in the beginning or do you think that they should just jump right into it? A lot of people come from different walks of life and different backgrounds where they might not be able to rely on commission income or they are not, they don't have the time to sell real estate full-time. And real estate is really a full-time job, especially if you're working with a lot of clients. Mm. It can be part-time if you have a very flexible schedule, just because you have to really be on your toes in this market. Like we're in a seller's market, how's are selling in two days or less at this point. Mm. And so being really readily available is important in being a realtor. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a couple different ways to work part-time in real estate. You can, if you have, like I said, if you have a flexible schedule, that's one of the best ways because you can work with one or two clients at a time and, you know, make a decent chunk of money on the side. Or you can just be like a referral partner and you can send licensed agents referrals in exchange for a portion of their commission. In some or most states, I think you have to get licensed to do that, but you know, that's not a bad, that's not a bad thing. If you can make like 25 or 30% on these checks without even lifting a finger, you know, if you just know a lot of people who are in the real estate Mm. space or looking to buy and sell, you can refer them to an agent and, you know, make some of their commission. That's a pretty good way. Yeah, that's really true. So do you mind sharing with us like your worst cold call experience, if you've had one, because I know uh, <laughs> within real estate, like cold calling is a big part of the job. Mm-hmm. And to me, that seems terrifying. Right. So have you had a worse experience? <laughs> and what was it? Worst experience. That's so funny, because I'm so far removed from being scared of cold calling, because I've been doing it for a couple of years now. And it doesn't really phase me anymore. But the first call is always the hardest. So once you get that over with, then yeah. you can call 10 or 20, you know, and just knowing, honestly, my one of the biggest things that got that helped me get over the fear of the phone was not only knowing what to say, but also focusing on my goal. So last year, my goal was 20 transactions. And I was Mm. like, okay, it's not about the first one. It's about the next five or 10. So yeah, I, you know, no, like I had to like go in with this idea of like, this is no big deal. I'm just gonna close one. And then I have to go do it 19 more times. So keeping my own the bigger picture really helped with my cold calling mindset. And so my worst experience, I think, oh, man, there have been a couple, but you know, I don't really care if they hang up on me. It just makes it easier. You know, they're not my ideal customer. Right. So we're the ones who cuss me out, but um, let's see. Oh, <laughs> that was a funny one. So my team knows this one too. They, we um, were, we were making calls and then this lady, she didn't even answer the phone, but we left like a voicemail and she called us back and we didn't get it, but she left us a voicemail back. And she was like, hey, I got your call about my house in Renton. Take me off my line right now or else I'm going to call the cops, you motherfuckers. Oh, my God. That's what she said. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> and it's normally something like that. Whoa. And another one that happened recently, actually, it's kind of funny. I was making a cold call and I was like, hey, this is you know, with Michael J. Real Estate. I just sold a house down the street. Just curious if you got any real estate questions. And they were like, wrong number. And I was like, oh, that's my bad. That's weird. Let me take you off this list. By the way, you know, is there someone helping you in your neighborhood? And there was just like, it was, I guess there was a couple, like I, they sounded like they were in the car and the woman had, was like, wrong number. And then the boyfriend of the man was like, she said wrong number, bitch. And then hung up. Oh my God. <laughs> funny because I just laugh like people really get that worked up over someone calling them you know like you really have nothing yeah. bigger to like worry about I guess <laughs> it's kind right. of funny wow okay well so you've built up like a shield to it pretty much you know pretty desensitized but uh, it's fun to do it with a team because then you can all laugh about it and you're not dwelling on it or anything like that. I used to do that when I was calling alone. I'd be like, dang, she really like 
am I really like, do I sound like a bad person or something? But it's also how you go into the call and yeah. having a really good script that comes from a place of service and that you're here to help. You're a local person. You're not in like India, not in the Philippines, and but you're someone local who wants to help solve their problem. So when I come from that approach, then I right. do get better response on the phone. And I even get sometimes, you know, I'm like, I'll make calls and I'm like, hey, I'm representing a great uh, family move, looking to move into the neighborhood. Have you heard any rumors of anyone looking to sell? And they'd be like, no, but best of luck. You know, they, some people are understanding. Yeah. Which makes it a little better. <laughs> so would you mind telling us about your first successful sale? And uh, do you actually mind sharing like what your first check looks like? My first listing, well, my first couple of deals were actually like half deals that I did with other agents just because they were too busy. They pass on like a buyer or a listing to me to help out. But I'm trying to think. So my first like successful sale was from a Facebook ad and it was a buyer Oh, and they were looking to, they were just looking to buy a house. Honestly, it was pretty simple. You know, I got them approved yeah. to buy. They wanted to buy a house in SeaTac. It was a, the house was $425,000 and uh, it was a really smooth transaction. I showed it to them. They loved it. I wrote the offer. It got accepted. We went through the process and then close 30 days later, for I made it was like a twelve thousand dollar check, so that was pretty exciting, wow. and it really motivated me to keep going. Like paydays are super motivating. That's a lot of money at what nineteen? Mm-hmm. Whoa, yeah, I, I could see that being like a game changer to me. Like I just got my first check at twelve grand at nineteen, and then like wanting to keep going from there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what would you say has been like the biggest hurdle or challenge that you face so far being in the real estate industry and trying to grow your business? Biggest challenge I face is honestly just trying to find new clients every day. I'm always trying to figure out how to make my business better so I can better serve my clients and get more clients because the best way to get clients and the way that most of the people who've been doing this for 25, 30 years, you know, most those guys pretty much only work by referral, right? And so, right, you know, just optimizing my customer experience and showing my customers that I'm an expert and that I provide a great experience so that they'll go and tell all their friends that I'm the one to work with is yeah, really what I try to focus on. But other challenges are honest have honestly been knowing how to talk, talk to people and having a, a great sales presentation and a great sales pitch. Those are big challenges. But Whenever I have something that I'm facing, I like to read a book or listen to a podcast and just, you know, expand my knowledge on it so I can get better. What kind of like books or podcasts or resources do you like using? Mm, depends. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I love books about selling, like Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, uh, Dale Carnegie has good books, Tom Ferry, Mike Ferry awesome authors. I really like listening to those kinds of things in the car. Yeah, I listen to, I'm in the car a lot. So I listen to audiobooks and I have a really short attention span. So it's hard to read books, like read, read. Yeah. And Tom Ferry podcast. I love those. I listen to a lot of them. That's my favorite way to learn. Okay. So I'm sorry, I have to go back to how long you've been driving. Because <laughs> um, I know because I know real estate agents drive a lot, but holy crap. Like, so what's your like, how much mileage have you put on your car since you've like started real estate then? I have a 2015 BMW that has 92,000 miles on it. We bought it um, three years ago at like 50,000 miles and now it has another 40,000. Oh my God. So I was calculating this the other day. I was like, how, much, how many miles do I drive in a year? Yeah. 
it's like 30,000 miles. Wow. Well, so I feel like if you want to get into real estate, then you also have to be okay with driving a lot or enjoy being in the car. Yeah, if you're good at real estate, <laughs> yeah. um, it's a lot of, honestly, mostly when you're working with buyers, you're, you're driving around a lot. Even when you're working with sellers, you're driving around a lot right. because, you know, these houses are far apart. I have, I work in a 50 mile radius. Mm. Yeah. So I'll go, you know, even 80 miles, I'll go 80 miles north if I have to. Yeah. I don't prefer to because I actually do really hate driving. Oh, you do? But, okay. Um, so I that's like, not like a good mix. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hate it. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I make it better by listening to stuff. It makes it go a little faster. Yeah, I bet. But I try to stay within, you know, 15 to 20 miles is what where I usually work. Okay. Well, I mean, at least you're getting something productive done while you're driving, listening to audiobooks, listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. things like that. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, my playlist only lasts so long. So I kind of just... Right. You can only listen to music so long. So, okay. So selling real estate is a business like you mentioned. And, you know, with that comes so many things like creating your business plan, marketing, all of that stuff. So how do you manage that? Do you have help? Have you hired an assistant? What's that like? Yeah, good question. It is a lot. Um, It's a lot of working on prioritizing and time blocking and keeping a really good schedule. So I don't have an assistant yet. I'm tr- I think I'll, if, you know, if I hit my goal of 30 transactions this year, I think I'll hire one for next year. Mm-hmm. But our company actually needs some admin staff that we're going to be bringing on pretty soon. But I actually, I do have a real estate coach and I brought him on in like December of last year and he's helped me a lot with business planning. So it's not too much, honestly, but keeping a good schedule and deciding what I'm going to focus on each day has helped me a lot because between business planning and a lot of marketing and then fitting in time with clients, it definitely adds up. And I deal with burnout, but I'm trying to get better about that and take more days off. So what is that like? Are you, you know, staying up too late working on contracts or like how, what does that look like for you? Yeah, pretty much. I'm just like working all day long nonstop. So if I, yeah, I'll go like two weeks without taking a day off or three weeks without taking a day off. And I work, you know, 10 to 14 hours a day. So, I mean, I like to, I try to take a day off like once a week, but you know, I'm working with six buyers currently at the moment. And so that's really hard, but. Oh, I bet. Yeah, pretty much. I usually, you know, I'll take like an afternoon off. I'll take a morning off, Mm. but Okay. So like little breaks here and there. Yeah. I haven't not worked a full day in two years. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So this is definitely something you're passionate about. And so like, I know, um, in the questionnaire, you had mentioned that real estate is going to be a means to financial freedom for you. So what does financial freedom mean to you and what are your financial goals in the next like five years that you hope to accomplish through real estate? Financial freedom to me means I never have to look at a price tag again. That's I like that. pretty much it. That's really been the goal because I don't like doing anything that I don't want to do. And I really like yeah. getting what I want. So, you know, I'll do, I'll put in all the hard work now to do that. You know, when I was 18, I was like, okay, let me get into real estate and make a bunch of money so I can be lit in my twenties. Right. And I can like ball out in my twenties. And, uh, I mean, I kind of did it, you know, I started, but now I'm yeah. like, okay, let me, you know, let me keep doing this so that, you know, I'm not even... Your goal is just keep growing yet, so. and expanding, yeah. Yeah, just to keep growing so I can do what I want to do. Like, I love traveling, I love shopping, spending time with family, spending time with friends, you know, doing stuff together. Yeah. That's really what I like to do. So 
you know, I'll do whatever it takes to get there. And, you know, long term, I want to be able to stay home with my children when I have children and be able to live comfortably. Right. So that's so great that you're already thinking about (laughs) like future things. Well, you because I mean, so many young people, I mean, yeah, you, you should, but there's so many young people who are like, not planning ahead or thinking of the future, living in the moment. And so not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, it's great that, you know, you're already planning your life out at such a young age. It'll pay off. It's scary to do, but it's like, it's my big why, you know, it's why I do it. So one thing that I like to ask everyone, so this question represents running late. So the entire reason that I wanted to start running late was because I, I, it's my personal belief that every one of us is, feels like, Maybe they are not actually, but they at least feel like they're running late or running behind on something in their life. Maybe it's because of comparison or whatever the case may be. Everyone has that like one thing that they feel like they're behind for. Do you have that one thing that you feel like you're running late or running behind for? Yes, I do. I think with, you know, with the rise of social media and and entrepreneurship, even in younger people, we see a lot of above average people at a very young age. And so I wanted to be one of those above average people. I wanted to be, you know, 19 year old real estate agent making six figures. I wanted to be, you know, super, super young, but super successful. I wanted to narrow that gap. And, uh, you know, that's what I've always felt like, you know, if I'm, when I'm 25, I think I'll be obvious, hopefully whatever I'm working towards being, you know, a really great real estate agent, really great, better off financially. But then I'm, and then I think to myself, I'm like, at 25, anyone can do that at 25. I have to get this done at 22. So, you know, Mm. I feel like I'm in a rush for that. Yeah. I mean, that's a really relatable answer. I mean, I love asking people that because it reminds us or especially the listeners that there's always something that we feel like we need to work on or improve on. And like, nobody's living that like perfect, I have it all life. Everyone always is striving for more. So yeah, that's a great answer. And I've gotten pretty good at, you know, like taking a step back and being like, wow, okay, six figures in 19. I did that. Like, that's pretty cool. You did that. That's crazy. (laughs) I usually don't think about that. So I'm always just focusing on how to keep growing, keep getting better and improving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's important to, you know, be grateful for your accomplishments, but also continue to striving for better and greater. So what is the number one tool or app that you recommend for everyone to use or something that like you can't live without in your business if you have one? Ooh, can't live without? I don't know about can't live without. Okay. Probably Google Calendar. But I think one that I really like is called Tally. So for me, like for what, like, we'll say I want to drink 10 cups of water a day. Yeah. You know, you put that you put in your goal, you want to drink 10 cups of water a day, and then you add to it every time you drink water, or, you know, at the end of the day, right. and then it shows you every day it shows you how much you've drank this month, this year. And I think that's really cool. I got it. Um, you know, when the year started. So when I saw so the end of the year, I'll be able to go back and be like, I drink yes. you know, 1000 cups of water or whatever. I have like the metrics that I hit, try to hit when I post on social media, my workouts, you know, uh, reading, learning. So you're like a, you're like a data kind of person. Like you want to have. I do like to, not really. I'm not, I do like math, but I don't. I don't, um, I think just think it's cool when you see the bigger picture with it. Cool. So I use this app very similar to that. It's called done and it's a habit tracker as well. They're, they're similar. It's got that, like that progress bar, right? Yes. Yeah. And I love it. I actually just started, uh, December of last year. So I got a little bit of last year, but I'm very excited to see what end of 2021 looks like. 
So, all right. Well, thank you so much. You've shared like really valuable information with us so far. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing like how much you grow and succeed within the real estate industry. And I know if I'm ever going to move to Seattle, I know who to call. Um, (laughs) So before we wrap up our call, can you share with the listeners like where they can find you online? Yeah, I'm everywhere. If you just Google my name, I'm there being a Jarabek. Um, Instagram is they.namae. Same with TikTok. That's where I'm the most active, honestly. And I'm working on getting my YouTube channel built up again. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. Bye.